New Year's Eve is a great time uh, to just take a moment and pause and to look back. I think there's two kinds of people in this world. There's the kind that, that, that like to reflect. You guys are the ones that journal and you read those journals. You go back and look at them. Uh, there's the other that are more like myself, like, let's just go forward. Like, forget the past and just move forward and just, you know, seize the day that's in front. But today is a good time just to slow down. And let's, let's capture uh, kind of what happened this year. Let's look back and see just where we were and what God has done, how God has moved. Uh, I think our culture is doing a, a really good job at that. I got over this last month, I've got about five or six different emails uh, that, that kind of said, hey, here's your activity over the last year, how you have uh, been involved in these different you know, apps or, or programs or groups. Have you gotten those? Uh, the most famous one is the Spotify Raps. Those of you who are on Spotify, you got that early December. It came out and it kind of just said, here's your listening habits. And at first it freaks you out, right? They know way too much about me. <laughs> Once you get over that, it's like, this is kind of cool. Uh, it kind of said that I listened to about 20 days worth of music over the year. That's, I think, 4,550 songs. Uh, throughout the year, um, my, uh, the top song that they told me that I, I listened to was uh, the In Jesus' Name, God Apostles by Kate Nickel. Um, I also listened to a lot of U2, Switchfoot, Phil Wickham, Lauren Daigle. And they said that my, my, this is weird, they said, your musical taste lines up most with the people who live in Lynchburg, Virginia. <laughs> like, how? How do they know that? To me, is crazy. Uh, they also, they kind of have labels. I think there's like 12 different labels that they label people. They said, I'm an alchemist, all right? I'm an alchemist. An alchemist is somebody who uh, likes to transform things to make things better. They said, you are making this world better one playlist at a time. You make more playlists than most of the average listeners. And to my wife, that is no surprise. That is how I have uh, spent a lot of time making playlists for every occasion that was early uh, Jan or December. Then throughout the month, I got some other ones. I got one from GoFundMe because I gave uh, some money uh, once or twice, and it just it kind of talked about my giving habits on that and more kind of cultural. It was just interesting. They said, uh, California really is a stingy state. You don't do a lot with GoFundMe. Um, but Vermont, Vermont is the most giving state, the most generous. And out of all the countries in the world, Ireland is the most generous as far as GoFundMe. So, okay, whatever. But then I got one from Yelp, right? And, and Yelp told me that I helped 5,600 people with my reviews. So over the last year, so not only am I making things better with a playlist at a time, I, through my Yelp reviews, I am improving this world, helping them decide where to eat, how to, what construction companies to use, all that kind of thing. And then I got two more that were kind of funny. Um, one is Strava. So if you know Strava, it's a running app kind of helps, um, you know, track your running habits. Um, I usually, the funny thing is, I, I switched to it just in, in December. About middle of December, I was using something else, but I'm going to be uh, running with a few pastors. We're doing a Ragnar in April, and uh, so I, everybody's using Stra uh, um, this, this app, so I, I started using it too uh, in the middle of December. Then like a week later, I got an email with my rap of the year, and it said this. It said, you killed it this year. You ran 3.2 miles in 2023. Mm. 
killing it, you guys. Then the last one was Dunkin' Donuts. This year, worldwide, 37 billion donuts were eaten. They said, you, you bought zero this year. No surprise. I don't like Dunkin' Donuts. All right, I get donuts here at church. All right, I get ambassador donuts. They're way better. So, um, but it's, it's weird kind of how the culture is kind of caught on to this, and they're sending you like, here's, here's what you did. Here's what you accomplished you know, through your music and through your reviews and food and all of that kind of thing. Um, that's cool. It tells us a lot about ourselves. But what about us spiritually? Like, how have I grown? What have I done spiritually? It'd be really cool if I were able to open up my Bible and get, like, kind of a notification. And maybe, I don't know, maybe the Bible app does that. I don't know. Um, I haven't gotten that one yet, but I guess there's still time this year. But, but what if your Bibles did that and it just said, here's, you know, here's how much time you spent reading God's Word. Here's how many verses you read. Here's how many you underlined and highlighted. Here's how many you shared, you know, with other people. Here's how you have grown spiritually. What if it did that kind of a thing? What if you showed up here to church and as soon as you pulled in the parking lot, you got a notification and it says, Congratulations, you have come to so many services. You have sat through so many sermons. You have uh, quoted so many sermons, you know, <laughs> in your conversations. You have uh, served so many hours, you know, serving the church. You have grown spiritually. You have grown these kinds of spiritual fruit this year. What if it did that? That would be nice if it did. We would have some kind of objective way to kind of see uh, our patterns over the year, but we don't have that. So we have to do the hard work. We have to do the work of looking and reflecting back to see where we were in 2022, what we've experienced, how we have grown, how we've been pushed throughout the year, and how are we transforming to be more like Christ. We have to do some of that work. And today I want us to just take a minute to look at that. And I know, I know we grow lots of different ways. Right? We go, grow through, um, through loss and, and hardship, right? We grow through, uh, yeah, sermons. We go through Bible reading. We go through conversations. And so this is, I know, it's just going to be part of it. But I want to look at kind of this year in review of the church and some of the things we've done that you saw on, this, on the, the video. But I want to also look at the, the sermon series that we've been in over the year. And I'll always kind of share a little bit about how I've grown what these sermon series have meant to me, and I encourage you to do the same, for you just to look and just take some moments just to evaluate how you have seen God lead and how he has uh, conformed your heart to be more like Christ this year. So that is our goal this morning. Heavenly Father, as we, uh, as we look back at this last year, as we reflect on what we've seen, what we've experienced, what you have done in the church, in our lives. Lord, we just ask your spirit just to uh, open up our hearts. Help us to see, Lord, and, and help us to grow. Help us to pursue you. No matter what happened this last year, as we do look towards a new year, 2024, we, we, we ask, Lord, that you would help us just to continue to become more like Christ, shape our hearts to love and to live by faith in this coming year. We ask this in your holy name, amen. So what happened this year? 2023 started kind of on the heels of our church merge 
In October 2022, we merged two campuses to one. It was tough. It was hard. We, we really, through prayer, we felt like this is what had to happen, and that's what we did. We did that, and so we spent that, those months kind of getting to know each other. But in 2023, as we started, we said, all right, now we're going to uh, really take, uh, take some strides forward. One of our goals was just to find some stability in our church as we mingled these groups of people. Some of them were old friends we knew. Some of them were new strangers we didn't know. But we wanted to provide some stability. One of the ways that I wanted to do that as a pastor is to, is to find stability on our staff. I had a goal at the beginning of the year. I said, I want this year to end with the same staff that we started with. I don't want any of our staff to leave throughout the year. That may sound strange, but if you know our church history, our church culture, that's not unusual. Every single year for the last 20 years, we've had staff that have left because we've been a church with interns and residents, and that's what interns and residents do. They come for a very short period, they learn, and then they go. And that, that's great. That's great for the kingdom of God, but for our church community, it was tough. It was hard because we get to know some people that we love only to know that they're out the door and going somewhere else. And then there's this temptation to say, well, I'm not going to um, get to know new people to come, that, that come or new staff members that come. And so we said, for the sake of our church and our stability, let's, let's um, hire more people full-time. You know, so we took some people that were part-time, made them full-time. And let's invest in them and see if, if they can stay here throughout the year, you know, and, and, and continue to lead and shepherd and guide our people. And I'm happy to say that now at the end of the year, we have the same staff. We added one. We added Alvin uh, back in, in the spring. But it's been a, a year of stability. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for our staff that have been with us this whole year and have settled, really, have settled in and really been able to, to spread their wings and, and find their calling and use their gifts here in our church. And I, that, that has been part of our stability, which I'm excited about. We also, uh, we started the new year with a new logo. So we kind of started with that. And so that's, that's, you've seen that many times. More important than that, we started with the new vision statement. We had a vision statement that was developed in 2003 that was about 26 year, uh, words long, and we shortened that to about six. You know, we said, why do we exist, right? What's the purpose of our church, right? We exist to make the name of Jesus known. We want people to know Jesus inside our church and outside of our church. We want our, 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 our students, our children, our students, and our adults to know him, to know his character, know his personality, know his heart. We want our, our community to know that too. So we said that's why we exist as a church, to make Jesus known. We had some different events, things like Upward, which was one of our, our kind of our basketball program over the summer. Many of you were involved in that. We had about 24, 25 coaches. We had about 36 people helping behind the scenes with food and registration and other things. We had just over 100 students, some from our community, some from our church, some from uh, outside our community that came to be a part of this. I think there was about 36 or so that were unchurched kids. And they came, they heard uh, little Bible stories and messages on, on what is the Bible, who is God, who is Jesus, what did he do, who is the Holy Spirit, what, what's this about the church, and what is the gospel. They heard all those things because you guys taught them. 
they heard the gospel message proclaimed right here in this room by Matt Foff, one of our missionaries who shared the gospel. Every kid went home with a Bible. In fact, we also told the parents saying, if you don't have a Bible at home, take one of these. Take these. And several of them were, uh, went home with the families. We were so excited about that. That was such a great ministry, a great way to serve our community. We're going to continue to do that. One of the other highlights was on here is our Mexico trip. About 20 of us uh, went to Mexico to go build a house for a family over there. And one weekend, uh, built a whole entire house and also found time, to, found time to feed the community, to share their testimonies. Sergio translated, and the family that received the house, they came to Christ. They put their faith in Jesus, their Lord and Savior. They're connected to a church. Amazing things. You guys gave money. We supported them. We sent them out and welcomed them back uh, for that outreach. Wonderful things. We had some. Uh, we also developed some of our partnerships. When we said last year, we, or, or this year, we said that the way forward as far as outreach goes is we're not going to go alone. We're going to find out the partners. We're going to find partnerships to partner with and to come alongside of and to continue to let people know the name of Jesus, right? And so we were continuing to do that. Our main two partnerships really are, are the schools, uh, South Junior High and Juarez, and Catella as well. But those are our main partnerships, but we're, we're continuing to see what we can do beyond that. Uh, just so you guys know, we shared the story earlier too, but I think it's an exciting story that, that South Junior High, at the beginning of the school year, they took a bus tour. They took all their administration, all their teachers kind of around the community where their students live and, and where they go and where they eat and all that. But they came by the church and they said, this church is one of our fundamental, one of our strongest partners. As we go forward, Ambassador Church is one of our strongest partners as, uh, for our school, which is a huge thing. Uh, uh, I, I was just so um, tickled, too, just to kind of hear um, how that, that reputation has spread to Catella. Catella is saying, hey, we want to be a part of that. Like, we want, you know, we want um, that influence here at our school. And uh, earlier this month, I, in January, I was speaking at the city council. or Not speaking, I gave a prayer at the city council. And there was the new principal of Juarez. And I had never met her yet. Just schedules, just we haven't lined up. But she was there. And again, she heard what we were doing at South, doing at Catella. And she contacted us and says, we want in on it. We want to be a part of what you guys are doing. So some really cool things are happening. And um, let me just take just a, a quick moment to kind of tell you a little bit about what is happening here in the school districts. Um, California has a program, it's, it's probably a terrible name, but it's, just, it's called the California Community School Project, where they have $3 billion that are going to school districts to kind of have a new model of how they do school. And instead of having the students like kind of um, protected inside the school where the school takes care of them and then they send them out, out the doors, they are inviting the community into the schools, the community partners into the schools to care for the kids. So uh, Anaheim, the high school and junior high are doing this already. The, the elementary school just submitted an application this month, um, probably just about a week ago, to start that. And really the whole idea is to say, how do we have partners like Ambassador Church come into the school and minister and take care of our kids? Um, we don't know what that looks like, but the doors are wide open here on both corners for our church to be a light on these campuses. And instead of saying, hey, you can't come in here, they are inviting us in to the school. And so I don't know what that's going to look like in this next year. But I'm excited to see uh, what happens. And um, it's, it's uh, amazing things. But cool things are happening, you guys. This year we turned 20 years old. 
and it was kind of the one-year anniversary of, of the merge, and so a, a significant year. The elders looked at where we're at as a church, and they said, I think we did it. We stabilized our church, and now we're ready to move forward. So that will be more of what's coming next week uh, in this next year. But God has been faithful, and he's really taken care of us, and he's led us throughout this year. What I want to do now is just talk about some of the sermon series. Over this year, we have had six different sermon series. And I, I, I hope that they have spoken to you. I hope that as you have sat here, you have heard the Holy Spirit speaking into your life. But I do know this, that the person who teaches is usually changed more than the person who listens. Just kind of the part about teaching. Some of you are teachers and you know that. Um, I want you to know that I've been challenged and I've been changed and I have grown this year just through the time of studying God's word and preaching it. I know Daniel has done the same. He preached a lot this year and we're thankful. We're thankful for that opportunity that we could open up the scripture, spend time in it and and teach it to you. But I want to just kind of go back over the year and just look at what we have learned and I'll kind of stop at a couple different places as we go. But this year has not been an important year. And we don't just do sermon series, just like pick them, you know, out of thin air. Or this is what another church does, so we'll do it. And see, we're really trying to pray and see where God is leading us and what we need to hear. And as I look back over this year at all these different sermon series we've seen, they are foundational to where we're going in the future. They're really important in laying a, 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 a groundwork that we can build upon in the coming years. What have we done? Uh, We started last year with a series called Focusing. We said we had our new mission statement, right? We relayed it out to make the name of Jesus known, and we said, how are we going to do that? How are we going to do that with our children, right? How are we going to do that with our youth? How are we going to do that in our small groups? How are we going to do that around the world with missions? And so we, we had a little time to look at that. We looked at, we're going to do that. We're going to focus on Jesus. We're going to focus on the gospel. We're going to teach our children the gospel, our students the gospel. We're going to say that the gospel is not just how we come to know Jesus, but it's how we live and how we grow in our faith, how we continue to to hold on to his grace and his mercy and his love each and every day, reminding us who we are. We're the loved children of God. And so we're going to continue to do that through all of our ages, throughout this church, and everything is going to be run by that grid. So that was kind of how we started the year, just saying, here's how we're going to focus. We're going to focus on Jesus. We moved into a new series. Then in in February, for 13 weeks, we're in the book of Galatians. It was called Only Jesus. Right? We spent the 13 weeks looking at this wonderful book where Paul is writing to these people who were leaving the church. They were leaving the church because they were being led astray by these wolves that had come in. These People had come in and said, that's great that you believe in Jesus, but you have to, in order to be saved, you have to uh, believe in Jesus, you have to follow the law that was laid out, the Old Testament law, and then you can be saved. But Paul said, no, 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 that's not salvation, right? It's receive Jesus and be saved. Receive Jesus and be saved, and then you follow Jesus. Not the law, you follow Jesus. So the law, it was important in bringing us to this place where we need a Savior. We couldn't fulfill the law. We needed someone who could. So once Jesus did, we said, that's that's done. Now we follow Jesus. And if you want a law to follow, you follow the law of love. 
So religion is trying to do amazing things for the Lord and pretend that it's working. But a relationship with Jesus is sitting at his feet, looking to Jesus and walking with him and learning from him and following his example. Here's a few verses from Galatians. Galatians 3.11, it says, Now it is clear that no one is justified by, before God by the law. No, that, that is not the way to please Jesus. How do we please Jesus? He says in verse 11, the righteous will live by faith. How do you please Jesus? By living by faith. And in verse, chapter 5, verse 6, what matters is faith working through love. He's connecting faith and love. He goes on, he says, You were called to be free, so serve one another through love. For the entire law is fulfilled with one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. As we got to chapter 5, for me, this was one of the most important chapters as, I, as it really spoke to me. We had a, a slide up here um, called, we, called to be free. And if you remember this, we had talked about on the outside in the red is how we live in the flesh, right? That's how we live before Christ or that's how we live when we're, when we're not walking with the Spirit, right? We follow our own desires. We work for our own righteousness, we mistreat others and we gratify the flesh. But Paul is saying, but you, you have been freed from that. If you are to walk with the Spirit, means you're being led. You walk with the Spirit. You live by faith. You serve others. You crucify the flesh. And as you do those things, that's when you bear the fruit of the Spirit. So for me, this has been something that has been in my mind, not just that Sunday, but all throughout the year, and particularly this on the right, that, that gratifying the flesh and crucifying the flesh. I just re, and I've recalled it a few times, just our flesh, we want to say, is dead, but it's not dead. It's just nailed to the cross. And it's just continually, all day long, saying, take me off the cross. Let's go have fun like we used to. Right? That, oh, I'll free you and we'll go back to the way we used to live. But we know that's not freedom. And I've said so many times, I am not going to gratify the flesh. I'm crucifying it. You are dead to me. I'm not going to buy that lie. Instead, I'm going to walk with the Spirit. Right? I'm going to serve Him. I'm going to walk by faith. I'm going to love others. I'm going to let that fruit grow. So for me, this was like a, such an important message and a reminder of who we are, how we're called to be free, and how we're to live so we can bear fruit. The last part I remember in this series in Galatians chapter 6 uh, was don't give up doing good. He says in verse 6, verse 9, chapter 6, verse 9, he says, Let us not become weary of doing good, for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Right. We talked about tangible love, not just saying, you know, hey, I love you or, you know, be, hope all is well with you, go in peace, but really trying to live that out, that tangible love. How do we tangibly love the people in our life, our community, each other? And so it's a challenge for us to not just say it, but to actually do it. So that was our first series in Galatians, spoke to me, it was powerful for me as I remembered, it's Jesus, uh, Jesus first and only Jesus as we live our lives. As we uh, moved into the summer, we started a series called Kingdom Come, right? We spent 10 weeks looking at God our King, 
right? We traced it from Genesis to Revelation, this whole theme of God being our king and how he, he rules. We talked about God's kingdom as this. It's God's rule through his people over his place with his blessing. We looked at God as our king. He's always been king. He always will be, right? He has created this place. This is his kingdom, not just earth, but all the galaxies, all the billions of planets and stars out there that are his. They're his. He's the king over all these. And how does he rule? He rules through us, not over us, but through us. He made us very important in the Garden of Eden, right? He calls us his, like, like, his, like vice regents. Even in Revelation, we see us uh, in, in that new kingdom of God as being called kings walking through this earth. Like, it's amazing to think that we partner with God. And we do that even through your jobs as we bring order and civility to life, as we bring honor to people, as we educate and through health care and through justice and all of these things that we're not just doing that to get a paycheck. We're doing that because we're, we partner with God, right, to see him reign in this world. So we, God is king. We partner with him right over his place. This world is his creation. Right? We don't worship it, but we want to serve it. We want to care for it. We want to do our best at caring for this world. But we do so with his blessing. Right? He blesses us, and he's going to empower us. He's given us the Holy Spirit to go do this. And so this is important for us. This is a foundational study. It's going to really guide us for who we are. Our name is called ambassador. We are ambassadors of what? Of his kingdom. Ambassadors of his kingdom representing our king to this world, inviting them into his kingdom. A couple of verses that were important for me during this series that I've come back to many times, and you've heard them uh, at our retreat as well. But it was uh, about his kingdom come. He says, pray that your kingdom would come. Matthew 6, 9 through 10. This is that Lord's prayer. He's teaching his people how to pray. And he says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Throughout this year, I've been praying that. Lord, how does your kingdom come? What does that look like? How can we do that? How can I do that? And I, as we live out those values of God, all right, his love, all right, his compassion and his mercy and respect and kindness and patience and contentment. As we live out those things, we are, we are ushering in his kingdom. Right? We're, we're giving this world a foretaste of what the kingdom of heaven looks like when we live that way. So we, we're going to pray that. We're going to do that. He also says further in that passage, Matthew 6, he says, But seek first his kingdom. And his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. What is that? He says, this is your priority. He doesn't often say this is your priority. But here he does. What is your priority? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then all these things will be added to you. What things? He's saying all the things you worry about. Right? What you're going to eat. Where you're going to live. What you're going to wear. Where your kids are going to go to school. You know, how they're going to grow up, your job, your finances. I mean, these are the things that, I mean, what do you wake up to? You know, when you wake up and your mind starts worrying, or when you're going to bed and your mind can't stop, like you're worrying about these things. Like, 
I do that too. I worry. Like we have a, a, one of my, my daughter is a, is a senior and she's applying for schools and we're, we're thinking about where she's going to go and, you know, how we're going to afford it. Uh, all those kinds of things. What, where will be her roommates? Where will be friends? How will she get involved? Will she continue to walk in the faith? I mean, these are the things that I worry about. We have a son who's a freshman and he's starting that, you know, that college career course, you know, with his grades and his activities and all these things. And then I sit there after worrying about it and just saying, but what do I seek first? I've got to seek first his kingdom. And these things will be added. It's not that we don't care and we just, ah, that doesn't matter. They do matter. But what's more important? Seeking his kingdom. Seeking God as, as the, the, the king of my life. Putting him on the throne. How can I honor you? How can I serve you? How can our family serve you? How can our church do that? There are lots of things to worry about, but this verse has kept bringing me back to seeking his kingdom as the highest priority above all those other things. The phrase I keep hearing, I've heard all year long, is just keep walking with your king. You've heard me say it at the benediction, go walk with your king. Walk with our King each and every day as we keep our eyes on Him and follow Him throughout this life. In August, we talked about a sermon series called Reorienting. We took a month kind of to slow down. It had been a busy summer. We had Upward. We had our church retreat. We had the summer, youth summer camp. We had VBS. Uh, what else? Probably uh, some outreaches. We had all kinds of things. And you guys worked hard. And so we said, let's just slow down. That was new to our church culture. For the 17 years up till COVID, we had not slowed down. It was go, 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 go. We never had this rhythm of rest built into our schedule. But this is the first time we did it. Just said, let's just take some time just to slow down, intentionally be still before the Lord. And so we kind of talked about what it looks like to rest in the Lord, what it looks like to realize that he's the creator, he's the sustainer of life. Right? That he has created us to need rest. He gave us a Sabbath. He, he we, we're, our bodies require sleep. Like we need these things. God doesn't. Right? He doesn't. He's not made that same way. So even while we sleep, he's at work. And that's such a wonderful thing for us to really comprehend and understand. That we can take time and just to be still and to relax and just to enjoy the Lord while he's working. And he's working all these things out in our lives, in our families' lives, in our friends' lives. We talked about how we need limits. Uh, we need to do that. We talked about how we have this in common. That we, as all people, we can come together in unity and just be still together. The importance of that, the importance of rest. And we talked about the importance of that future day, that future day when God's kingdom comes, and it's called a Sabbath rest for our people. And so to anticipate that as well. So that was an important month for us. Then we got in the fall and we started a series called Remain. We looked at the letters of John. All right, first John, second John, third John. For some of us, it's the first time we'd read those letters. We've studied those. And I'll, I'll be honest, like this was a really hard uh, series to preach for me. 
because it was different. When Paul, like Galatians, like he's so linear. He just, he builds his arguments, you know, and so you can, it's easy to trace. But, but John's like circular, like he kind of says, love one another, and then love one another, and love one another. <laughs> Each week I'm like, I'm saying the same thing, you know, but John's argument builds. Like we, why does he say it so many times? Because we need to hear it so many times, right? We're always looking for something new. We're looking for something new, like how do I, what's the new thing, the new book, the, the new meditation, the new app that will help me grow spiritually. And John's kind of like, you don't need it. It's been the same thing as you've heard from before. The message has been the same, right? How do we obey God? How do we keep his commandments? How do we walk like Jesus? How do we just destroy the devil's work? How, how do we walk with the Holy Spirit? All of these things have the same answer. Love one another. What are his commands? Love one another. How do we walk as Jesus do? By loving one another. How do we destroy the devil's work of, of building walls and, and strife between people? Love one another. What is the Holy Spirit encouraging us to do and pushing us to do? Love one another. So 1 John 3, 11 and 18 says, This is a message you've heard from the beginning. We should love one another. It says, dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. Once again, the tangible love. In chapter 4, he says, this is love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. Then he says in 19, he says, we love because he first loved us. You get the feeling that love is important here in the church? You think that, that love is important in the lives of his followers? I think it is. So that's why John continues to repeat this so many times because we need to get it through our thick skulls. How we serve the Lord, how we love him by loving the people that he created, the people that he's put in our life. So this is also big motivation for me because I just tend to think about how, how I can serve God through doing works, all right, and doing all these other things for him and just be productive and be busy but taking all these things together, just sitting still, knowing that he's at work, and then just saying, I'm just, how do I love the people that are in my life? That was big. We ended the year with this series right up here, A Thrill of Hope, right? It was our Advent series. We talked about just the right time with the right message. Christ came. He came to redeem us from the darkness, right? He came to redeem us from that kingdom of Satan and bring, him in, bring us into his kingdom. All right, he said, this is how you are to live. Live with humility, just like Christ lived. We live with humility. We serve other people. In other words, we love other people. And we talked about this is the advent that we look back at Christmas, but we also, we stand between these two advents. There's another advent that we're waiting for. That's the return of Christ. When he comes as the king of kings, as the Lord of lords, to bring his kingdom in its fullness. 
incomplete. We start eternity. We start that Sabbath day of rest. But we live into that. And this is that moment that we wait for. And this is why we are taking the name of Jesus, why we are sharing that with the other people. This is why we don't want to keep it just to ourselves within these doors. We want these doors to be busted open. We want to encourage you to take this message wherever you go, in your families, in your homes, in your neighborhoods, in your schools, in your, work, in your work, but also in this community here where our church is located. It's important that we take this message out and we remind people and tell people and urge them to be reconciled to God. So that's been our year. As we have sat before God's word, we have said, God, please speak to us. So he spoke to me these different ways, right? Really reminding us what our intention is, what our purpose is, right? To, to, to make Jesus known, to share his love, to do that, right? With, with um, not just with following the law, but following the law of love. And seeing him as our king and following him and building that kingdom that he says is here now, but it's coming in its fullness uh, with that second advent, and how we continue to love the people in our lives, love each other well, and love others that we don't know with for the name of Christ. To share that story of hope with them so they would have that same hope. The thrill of hope. These have been the things that have been bouncing around in my mind all year. These are the things that, how I'm growing. And I, and I want you to know that. I mean, I, it just it's important, right? As I'm trying to to be your pastor trying to shepherd you towards Christ, I, I need you to know, like, hey, I'm a sheep too. I'm a lamb too, right? And I'm, I'm sitting before the Lord. And I'm trying to listen to his voice. I'm trying to listen to the Spirit. Where are you leading? How are you leading? So let me ask you that too. Are you a lamb of God? Have you been following him? Is he your good shepherd? And if so, where has he been leading you? How have you grown this year? How have you become more like Christ? God is speaking. Are we listening? 